The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road Although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Good morning, Hamilton. This is Rob Golfy with the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition with host Rick Zamprin. Yes, good morning. Rob Golfy is a sales representative with Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team, and we are going to talk about real estate as we do here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. For the hottest listings in town, I know the market is cooling a little bit. We referenced that last week on the program. Uh, But there are still some great deals out there and still an opportunity for you to get top dollar for your home. And you want to do so by going online to robgolfie.com. That's robgolfie.com. Call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales. The phone number is 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Follow the Golfie team on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. They have awesome videos, some great listings on display, and you can really get an in-depth look at what is out there on the market and uh, and get yourself into a new home or put your home on the market. And if you do so, don't forget, not only does Golfie get it sold, but he does so in a safe manner during the pandemic. Hey, if you have a topic idea for a future program or a question for the Golfie team, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. That's questions at robgolfie.com. We have a lot to get to today, including if you can't afford a house, It may not be your fault. We're going to get into uh, some of the things, uh, many things that have uh, come into the fore that have prevented people from plunking down a healthy deposit to get themselves into a home. We'll also talk about some recent enforcement decisions and some, uh, well, I'll just say some old uh, listing photos from a property up north. But before we get to all of that, um, April has come and gone, but we do have some statistics from the Realtors Association of Hamilton, Burlington, uh, some top-level stuff to begin with, and then Rob's going to dive deep into some of the uh, different neighborhoods in and around uh, Hamilton, Burlington, Niagara as well. 1,906 homes were sold in April. Now, that's down 8% from last month, but... Uh, they were up 245% since April of 2020. We all know that there was obviously the COVID massive shutdown in April of last year. And last month was very busy uh, in comparison. So that's why we are up uh, 245%. New listings down 3% since last month, up 191% as of last April. The average price for a residential property in Hamilton, Burlington, $855,000, which is actually down 2% from March, but up 39% from April of 2020. And the inventory available at the end of the month was 23% higher than in March. And uh, before we get into the neighborhood stats, uh, RAB President Donna Bacher says, quote, 
Since the pandemic began, the Realtors Association of Hamilton Burlington Market Area has been anything but predictable, and each new month has brought historic highs and lows. The good news is the local market area is showing signs of stability and recovery, with active listings increasing significantly once again month over month. So I guess the general sense is the uh, Hamilton Burlington Market is seeing some signs of stabilization. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and it and it's hard to tell because because it, it, you can't you can't compare last year's April versus this year's April. So there's there's a lot of factors that are involved in April. One, we had uh, a shutdown, uh, so we don't know if that's a big uh, a factor of a little bit of a cool down. We don't know if buyer is the buyers are more cautious. Uh, the spring markets kicked in more inventory. There's a lot of factors involved, so. You know, it's hard to pinpoint which is going to be the thing that is causing a little bit of a cool down on the on the market. But we do need a cool down in in regards for the buyers anyway. But but yeah, things uh things are changing. But you know, houses are selling, but uh, l- less offers uh, on a house on multiple offer situation. Before we would get ten to fifteen, twenty offers on a house. Now we're getting maybe five or six offers. So that's telling us either uh, buyers are being cautious or inventory is moving up. It, it's hard to gauge. And uh, so you got all these variables and it's hard to pinpoint one. So we'll find out more. And we won't even find out in, uh, this month, the month of May, because we got part of a shutdown happening up, up to the 20th of this month. So so it's kind of the numbers are skewed uh, in that, in that, uh, way. So it's, it's, it's tough, it's tough, Rick. It's, it's tough to, to gauge this, uh, this market with this pandemic. Yeah. And these numbers may be skewed for a while because everything that was supposed to happen in April and May of last year really happened during the summer months. So when this summer's numbers come in, uh, they can't possibly be as crazy as last summer. So though those numbers are also going to be skewed and that might even be realized into the fall as well. So this, you know, 2021 might be a, a bit of a write-off in terms of the comparables because last year, post-May, was just nuts. Well, what I do on my board, I, I have three years of my sales numbers and everything in front of my right, like in front of my desk. It's right on the, on the wall. So I'm comparing the first six months of this year versus the first six months of 2019. That's what I'm comparing. Okay. Because the first six months of 2020 was kind of you know you can, it's kind of hard to gauge. But now the second six months of 2000 of this year, I'm going to compare it to 2020. Okay. Do, 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 you know what I'm saying? Yep, so, yep. so I'm basing my first half of this year, comparing it to 2019 and then the second half to 2020, just because, uh, obviously the markets have, have changed and, and because of the, the pandemic, when it hit at the, in the, after just a little into the first quarter of 2020, but, um, but we got some numbers. So the numbers, like base, basically from last year, and I'm not going to go over the numbers last year, unless. Um, what do you think? You, you. Uh, well, I know it wouldn't be a bad idea. You know, the, the percentages they, are the percentages are just crazy. Like they're 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 stupid. They're stupid crazy. It, they're, they are stupid crazy. It ranges from 36 percent up to 74 percent. It's just crazy. Now, so I'll I'll, I'll start off with Ancaster. Okay. Now, last year. In April, the average sale price of a house in Ancaster was seven hundred and sixty thousand two hundred twenty-six dollars. That's a bargain. This year, sorry, <laughs> that's a bargain. <laughs> it is a bargain. You can't even get that in Central Hamilton no, almost now. No. 
Um, but now this year, it's a million eighty-two thousand six hundred forty-nine, forty-two percent increase from last year to this year. Um, it, it, it's unbelievable. Like how one year, like that's you know, like nobody gets any kind of investment. Now look at Dundas. Now Dundas, you know, they don't sell that many homes uh, in general. Like it's 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 a small community. Very rarely people want to move out of there. It's 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 hard to find a house to buy there. But when you do, you stay there forever. Now Dundas. Uh, last year, 635907000 This year, 981577000 Love that community. It's a great community. Flamborough. Now, Flamborough is tough because you get sometimes $5 million homes to, you know, a, a million dollar, $700,000 homes. So if, you, if there is a bunch sold in the, in the high numbers, it, it'll skew the numbers. So last year, the average price in April, 715304 This year, $1.5. One million two hundred forty-four thousand six hundred seventy-four. So a huge, seventy-four percent increase there, just uh, month uh, year over year for the uh, April. Glanbrook, look at this. Last year, five hundred forty-two thousand four hundred thirty-six. This year, eight hundred sixty-four thousand two hundred and eighty-one thousand. Fifty-nine percent increase year 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 over year. So uh, unbelievable, unbelievable. Now Hamilton Central, look at this. 420, even last year was kind of a strong number, $427,636 for a house in central Hamilton. Now this year, April's 576951 35% increase uh, year over year. Hamilton East is uh, last year, uh, April of last year, 470752 And uh, this year, 617000 353,000. So 31% increase uh, year over year there on uh, Hamil- uh, Hamilton East. Now, Hamilton Mountain, you know, it's always been a great market, but we're starting to get, we're starting to hit the peak for Hamilton Mountain. Uh, last year, uh, 555,245. And this year, uh, 736,847. So 33% increase on the Hamilton Mountain average sale price, 33%. Hamilton West. Now, there was uh, last year uh, $520,026. This year, $646,479. 24% increase in the Hamilton West area. And then Stony Creek. Now, this is upper and lower Stony Creek, I always mention. 50% increase. Unbelievable. So in Stony Creek, $557,744 as last year. This year, Eight hundred and thirty-four thousand six hundred and forty-three. Stony Creek is just unbelievable increase. Now, Waterdown. Waterdown is always a nice is, is a nice community that uh, a lot of people are moving to, just because uh, Go Train's not too far from there. Especially a lot of GTA buyers are moving that way. Last year, the average sale price was seven hundred twenty-two thousand five hundred seventy-five, and this year, uh, the average sale price in Waterdown in April was nine hundred eighty-four thousand six hundred fifty-one dollars. That was a 36% increase uh, year over year. Just incredible, incredible. Now, Burlington, again, $807,927 uh, in 2020. This year, one 1057973 31% increase in uh, Burlington. And then I'll add Oakville to this. Last year, uh, the average sale price in Oakville is uh, one million one hundred eighty-four thousand four hundred sixty-five. This year, one million five hundred ninety-six thousand six hundred seventy-eight. Almost 
$1.6 million average sale price in Oakville. <laughs> Incredible. 35% increase. Rick, it, uh, like it's, Who's got the money out there? Like, where's the money coming from? I don't know. Let, let, know? let me jump in, because we do have a bunch of Niagara numbers that we're going to get to as well. We have a couple from Brandt as well. But there are a, a couple of numbers that stick out to me uh, once you were going through the chart here. One is the uh, Hamilton West percentage. And again, but we'll dive into this after the break. The other is the average sale price in Ancaster compared to Burlington. And we'll refresh our listeners' memories because there was a lot of numbers out there. But that those two numbers stick out to me. And we'll tell you why when we come back here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. You are listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name is Rick Samprin. On the line once again is Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. You can call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. The number is 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. Online, the website is robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. And you can follow the Golfy team all over social media. They have great videos and awesome information on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you have a question for the Golfy team or a topic idea that you would like Rob and I to chew on on a future program, send them an email, questions at robgolfie.com. Again, that email address is questions at robgolfie.com. Still to come on the show, can't afford a house? It might not be your fault. We'll tell you why. We'll also talk about uh, uh, someone moving into a retirement home, and the question is whether they should renovate the home to get bigger dollars when they sell. We'll get to that in a matter of minutes. But we've been going through the uh, April to April stats, 2020 to 2021, in uh, Hamilton, Rob, you, you referenced uh, Burlington and, and Oakville as well. Uh, before we get to Brant and Niagara and, and even the GTA, uh, there's two stats that stick out to me. Number one is the comparison between Ancaster and Burlington, and the other is the 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 um, price percentage change in Hamilton West. And we'll start there because of all the communities we went through: Ancaster, Dundas, Hamilton Center East, the Mountain, uh, Stony Creek, Waterdown, even Burlington. Twenty four percent. Price change from April 2020 to 21 is the lowest in Hamilton West. Is the big reason for that because obviously McMaster University was shut down and not a lot of homes were sold. Therefore, they couldn't see the price escalation that some of the other neighborhoods realized. Yeah, I would say that a lot of investors probably unloaded some of their houses and they didn't get the numbers that they anticipated. Um, so you got, you got, uh, a, a, a big population of the agents, I'm sorry, not agents, uh, the students, they're working out of their house and they didn't rent, they did not even bother to rent anything or, and some were scared and said, Hey, let's rent something. And just in case we do get called back. So, so people were, you know, kind of rolling the dice and you know, figuring out which way, you know, it was going to go. 
And but but Hamilton West has always been uh, like expensive. Like so, they've probably hit a ceiling even last year and the year before. Like where you know there's not too much more growth because there's only a certain level that people are willing to pay. So especially a guy that's looking at investing in the Hamilton West area for student rentals, there's a point where it's just unaffordable. It's not worth the investment anymore. So, so that's where the ceiling hits and that's where people, you know, like, you know, you get people putting their house up for sale. They're not getting the number that they want and eventually they have to reduce their price and then, or not sell at all. And uh, so they just, uh, and that's why the percentage is a lot lower. I think Hamilton West has always been a strong market, but, it, it, it was strong earlier than the rest of these uh, other uh, other markets that uh, they're in Hamilton and, and surrounding areas. The average price in Ancaster in April of 2020 was $760,000, which you mentioned. It's now one million eighty-two. In Burlington a year ago, the average price was 807000 so about you know $47,000 more than Ancaster. But Burlington, now the average price is $1,057,000. It now trails Ancaster. Is this the case of the GTA buyers saying, you know, Burlington's nice, but wow, Ancaster is even nicer. Yes. Uh, people are looking at that. They're getting, they're, they just, they're getting farther and farther away and they're finding Ancaster's got some gorgeous areas, gorgeous homes, and uh, they're, they're liking the community. I'll tell you, Hamilton has been a sleeper for so many years now, and uh, and they're finding, you know, the people are nicer in this uh, this part of the, uh, you know, from the GTHA, and uh, and and that's why Ancaster is just exploding. You're getting people from the uh, the Hamilton Mountain, Lower City. They're all going towards Ancaster. Plus, you got the people from the GTA coming this way, and that's what's driving the prices up. People are hearing about Ancaster. There's a lot of things that you can do there, and it's uh, it's a nice community. It's uh, you know quiet and, and and gorgeous, and and that's what people are looking for now. They they don't want this hustle and bustle too much. When those GTA buyers do come into uh, Ancaster and other parts of Hamilton, Stony Creek, they're pushing uh, other prospective buyers a little further out. And, and one of those further out communities is uh, Brantford and Brant County, and, and the numbers there look very healthy as well. Yeah, the, yeah, Brantford. Uh, you know, last year the average sale price was four hundred forty-seven thousand two hundred sixty, and now this year it's uh, six hundred twenty-four thousand eight hundred nineteen. So I mean, they're a forty percent increase, which is very strong. And Brant County uh, has a lot, a lot of larger and bigger properties, uh, six hundred six thousand four hundred seventy-eight last year in uh, April. This year, nine hundred thirty-one thousand, fifty-four percent increase. Year over year in Brant County, incredible, hmm. incredible. I have a, there's equi- even more of a growth in the uh, Norfolk County area now too, because it's more affordable. And, and this there's is- a lot of clients that have sold in Hamilton for top dollar in the last six months, and are looking for places up in Simcoe and um, those places over there. Rural properties are becoming very more um, desired. So yeah, it's it's been a big push to the Brant and Brantford, but more yeah. so even into the Norfolk County. Yeah, that's Lou Tellerico, everybody, and that uh, he's uh, he does a lot of business out that way. Yeah, definitely. I'm highly listening. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you coming on uh, the show as well, Lou. And I understand you have a story that we're going to get to in a few minutes about uh, well how you helped uh, you know someone get into a home. But before we get to that, Rob, some of the areas in Niagara that you want to highlight. Uh, before you get that, I do have a friend that uh, just recently purchased a home in Port Colborne. And I noticed that that had the highest percentage increase April to April in terms of the average price, 393000 to $687,000 year over year. Yeah, they've had a couple of big sales that happen in that area, Rick. So that's what caused that, that number to go up. You, we may see that number come down 
in May possibly, but we'll, 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 we'll keep a close eye on Paul Coburn and see because they had a couple of like $3 million homes uh, that sold. So that really brought the uh, average uh, sale price up, but it, it'll balance out. Let's see how it balances out next month. Uh, also big increases in Fort Erie, Grimsby, Niagara Falls, St. Catharines, Wellens, Niagara still red hot here. Oh yeah, look at so look at look at Fort Erie up seventy percent year over year three hundred eighty two thousand nine hundred twenty seven this year. Uh, Fort Erie six hundred forty nine thousand two hundred eighty five. Incredible, incredible. And then if you look in Niagara Falls, forty five percent increase. Average sale price in Niagara Falls last year four hundred fifty thousand six hundred fifty. This year six hundred fifty four thousand two hundred forty six. Forty five percent increase. And then in St. Catharines, you've got. Last year, almost the same as Niagara Falls, 450,601. And this year, 631,979,000. Nine so you've got Niagara Falls leading uh, uh, St. Catharines. And it's, and it's all those, uh, I'll tell you, these buyers from Toronto are coming. They're, they're going over this, uh, the, the Garden City Skyway Bridge and heading to Niagara Falls. They love Niagara Falls, and that's where they're going. And, and the bulk of them are going there. It's incredible. Well end up, well yeah, well end yeah. up forty five percent, three hundred ninety five thousand dollars last April to five hundred seventy three thousand dollars last month. That's that's a huge gain as well. It is, it is, and so now, oh, now I, I did a, 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 so that's based on April of last year versus April this year. But mm-hmm. then I, I, I kind of wound down to four, four or five different areas: April versus March. So here's what's happening: so March uh, in Hamilton. Uh, the average sale price was 803532 Okay. So April, like the following month, April of this year, the average sale price was 783000 It's down 3% month over month. Huh. So things are cooling off. Uh, Burlington is down 4%. So March, the average sale price is, it was 1094654 Now it's $1,053,000. It's down 4%. Now, I'm not saying housing prices are coming down. They're just not going up as much. People are like, are kind of like, there's not as many offers as going in. There's not that one guy. There's, when you have 15 offers on a house, um, you're going to get one guy that's just going to go in and just throw everything at it and just blow everybody out of the water. And that's what, and that's what happens when you have 20 offers. But when you only get four or five offers, you're not going to get that. You're not going to get that. Now in Niagara, this is all in Niagara. Um, Niagara uh, was 676,332. Now, Niagara is the only area of the Golden Horseshoe that is up. And the reason why, it's because it's still affordable. It is affordable, and that's why the market is moving up in Niagara. Like in Brantford, it's down 1% uh, from, uh, April, from March to April. And Toronto is down 1%. Now, Toronto, the numbers are kind of hard because that's a huge area that is covering to, to figure, figure out a, uh, a percentage. But if you go from area to area, you probably get different numbers. But look at that. Rick, I'm not, you, you have that, that uh, yes. thing in front of you, yep. right? Yep. Yeah. So Niagara is the only one that's up in the whole golden horseshoe. So yeah. there uh, you go. Uh, you mentioned uh, Toronto. So and hot. Yeah, sorry, Lou. You mentioned Toronto and the GTA, Rob. You know, eight hundred thirty-three thousand dollars average sale price in April of twenty twenty compared to one point one oh five million in April of twenty one, but uh, a little bit down from from this past or from March, the previous month. So interesting to uh, to see that dichotomy taking place. 
Yeah, it's just, you know what it is? It's, uh, and that tells you there's still a bit of that good market in Niagara Falls before it, it, it hits the ceiling. So, like, uh, if there's anybody from Niagara listening, you know, I get your house on the market now because you will still benefit a little bit from it. Uh, my, uh, like, like when I sold my parents' house two weeks ago, we, uh, we ended up uh, getting uh, 11, 12 offers on that place. And uh, I don't, you know, and now I've got a couple other places going up for sale there. We're going to hold offers and see how many offers that we're going to get on that. So we'll, 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 let, we'll keep you up to date on that for sure. One more tidbit on the stats. The average days on market in uh, Hamilton, Burlington in April 2020 uh, in Hamilton, it was about 25 days. And then uh, last month, it was 11 days. That is uh, lightning quick. Yes. Absolutely. No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> and Bur- Burlington, yeah. not much different. 21 days to 12 days. So, I mean, yeah, things things were still uh, hopping in uh, the month of April. Uh, hey, Lou, uh, thanks again for coming yeah. on the show. Rob uh, was sharing a story off air before the show about how you helped someone. Uh, well, you know, th- th- there was another agent involved and you kind of came to the rescue. Well, you know, they were. I was searching for a home for these buyers of mine. And, you know, their budget was in around that 600000 And, you know, again, on the Hamilton Mountain, Central East Mountain, it's tough to find something decent for that price range, as you know, in the last you know three months, as you've seen what happened to the numbers in the Hamilton Mountain. Um, and even though it's you know it's plateauing a little bit, it's been tough. So we have access to, as you know, Rob's a member of the Toronto Real Estate Board. So I've subscribed to, to a uh, search for my buyers, as well as the one for the Hamilton Board. So we're, we're kind of distinguished that way. We have different boards, as you know, in the, in the province. Anyway, I, I got a subscription to uh, um, a search for not only the Hamilton Board, but from the Toronto Board. And when I got a a search notification that met my buyer's criteria of, of a home on the Central Mountain. It was listed at five twenty nine nine, and I thought, okay, this might work. And then, uh, but of course, you know, these are all you know ploy tactics because they hold offers and whatnot. But I ended up uh, getting in to see it right away, the first day of the market, literally hours after it was listed. And the um, the clients of mine really loved it, okay, because other homes in that um, range and stature were selling though for about. 650 to 700,000. Okay. It's a one and a half story. Um, and, uh, when we went in there, they loved it. And they said, what can we get this for? I said, hold on. So I dealt with the agent and I asked her about what you know, the clients were expecting on the sale. And they said, well, you know, we're not holding offers, but we want over asking for sure. So come with the best offer. And at the end of the day, I was able to negotiate uh, a great deal. We went in there with like a, a firm offer, 30 day close, big deposit, really solidified a great offer and they were able to snag it for like 610,000 hmm. that's well below market and in a, in a market that's you know shooting prices uh, as you see 40 percent higher than normal so it was a testament to the fact that you know what sometimes a gta buyer gtl seller they don't have access and don't know the market locally and we got to be really careful with, with with buyers and sellers out there well what happened here rick was this toronto agent came in listed this house locally here and didn't know the market and didn't even put it on the local real estate board. So basically any agent that had a client looking for a house in that area would not even know about it. So then Lou, because we are members of the Toronto real estate board, saw that this came up on the Toronto, like on the Toronto board and, and, and this agent from Toronto, I don't know who he is, but he obviously wasn't smart enough or he was lazy put it on lazy to do the paperwork to put it on our board anyway cost his client lou would you say this house was probably worth close to seven hundred thousand i'd say so yeah so there's a there's a, a mistake there that another agent made the mis- the first mistake was the local person put their house 
used a Toronto agent thinking that he was going to get a Toronto buyer coming in to bring an offer in, which ended up being a local buyer because we were smart enough to always look on our Toronto board listings to see because we know agents in Toronto don't put it on our board. So we tracked that and, and we got this a great price for our clients. And they won. They're, they're, they're the winner, winner, chicken dinner in this one. <laughs> but, but they benefited from the experience that we have. And, uh, and we're so happy for that. I mean, it doesn't happen often, but I'm telling you, it, it, like people, if you have a house, don't look at the Toronto agent thinking he's going to bring a Toronto buyer. I'm going to tell you, that's not happening. Get the, make sure you get the local guys like us. We are members of the Toronto Real Estate Board. We know the Toronto agents. We deal with them every day. We're a big team. We have, we have all the resources to get you the top dollar. So don't make the mistake of having somebody from Toronto coming in and not knowing your market because that will cost you thousands and thousands. In this particular case, Lou got this house probably for 80000 less than what the, that homeowner could have gotten. I mean, hey. That's what the home bought. That's the home seller. What they did, they hired that guy, and guess what? They they are going to pay the price. You can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Stay tuned. Can't afford a house? It's likely not your fault. We'll explain next year on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin in studio. On the line once again, Rob Golfy, sales representative with Remax's Skirtman Realty, the Golfy team. Also joined by Lou Tallarico, uh, also a member of the Golfy team as we're talking about uh, the latest, greatest news in real estate here in Hamilton and Burlington. RobGolfy.com is the website you want to go to. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. It's got the hottest listings in town. You can follow the Golfy team on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and call Hamilton and Burlington's number one REMAX team in volume and unit sales, 905-575-7700. That's 905-575-7700. We have some recent enforcement decisions that we'll get to in a matter of minutes, but can't afford a house? It might not be your fault. Interesting article in one of the papers that says millennials and Gen Z especially just can't get into the housing market despite some money from their parents. You know, they have some student debt. We've seen house prices, obviously, in our area and uh, really across the country go up. Um, it sounds like this group of uh, people are really in a no-win situation right now and are, and are stuck on the sidelines. Oh, yeah. You know what? There's so much pressure for uh, millennials and, and Gen Is it Gen Z? Gen Z. Gen Z. Gen, X? Gen, Gen Z. There's so much pressure because their friends, some of, them, some of their friends got lucky and they bought earlier in the market. Now, and now they're... It, it's causing anxiety for people, especially for the, uh, the millennials. It's causing anxiety because now they're ready to go and they want to start a family and they can't because they can't afford it. And it's not, and it isn't, it's not their fault. And it's just, you know what I mean? Like, like, can you imagine all your friends, they bought a house, they're, you know, they're sharing how much their house is worth now. And you're 
barely scraping twenty, thirty thousand dollars in your bank to put a uh, down payment on, and that doesn't, e- and that's not even enough now anymore to buy a house, and that's what's causing anxiety and frustration and 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 everything for for uh, uh, the millennials. And don't forget their parents that's housing them still. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes some of the parents don't have the money to even help them out, you know, and, and I get it. I get it. I feel bad for these guys. And uh, in, in the old days, the old days, what it was, was, you know, you, 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 you're at home, you, you meet somebody, you get married, mm-hmm. you want to start a family, you buy a house. Like it, you didn't have to worry about the market going up in 10, 20 percent every year. But now, it, you, you know, it's like almost you're going to have to buy a, uh, help a kid buy a house as soon as he graduates high school because yeah. otherwise by the time he's finished university or college, yeah. uh, the house is going to be worth 100000 more. It reminds me of Europe. But my family, when they don't have their own places there, the kids just kind of like either rent or live with the parents because they just can't afford it. It's just the prices in Europe and, you know, in, in those places there, they just, it's happening here now. Oh, well, it's been happening for a while. Uh, kids living in the basement, <laughs> especially the Italian boys. No, <laughs> I'm Italian, just so I can say that. So. <laughs> I was going to say, sounds like you got a story to tell there, Rob. <laughs> no, I, I was telling you, Lou, Lou looked like he had a story to tell about uh, about uh, kids living in the basement. Well, I mean, we, we lived at home until we got married. That's the way it was back then, you know, Italian, Italian families. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my kids. Now, uh, now that, everybody's doing it. Yeah, that's my kids' strategy, I think, which, you know, is, is, is there's some pros and cons to it, that's for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, if I was still at home, I think I'd be still. I'd have to definitely cut the lawn. I have to do my chores. So. <laughs> uh, we got a couple so. of RICO uh, enforcement decisions. We only got a couple minutes here, so I'll read the summary from the first one, and then we'll take a break and, and get your input on it, and we'll get to the second enforcement decision as well. So this uh, agent represented buyers who were seeking a building lot. Um, or a home which could be torn down and then rebuilt. The buyers became interested in a home which backed onto a creek. They noted their concern to the agent that homes backing onto the creek did not appear to have been torn down while homes across the street had. They indicated that they would look into this and also asked the agent to look into it as well. The agent indicated he would ask the listing representative. The buyers ultimately purchased the home. Before the transaction closed, the complainants learned of impediments to their ability to rebuild or significantly expand the size of the home due to permitting requirements and restrictions pertaining to the creek. The agent did not take reasonable steps to determine the material facts and appropriately advise the complainants about issues which could impact their ability to rebuild and or expand the home. The agent was found to have violated sections 4, 5, and 21 subsection 1 of the Code of Ethics and was fined $6,000 by the Real Estate Council of Ontario. We'll get your input on this uh, recent enforcement decision and also another one as well. Uh, They both date back to this past February. But before we do that, we'll take a quick break here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Well, 
last go round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. My name's Rick Samprin. On the line once again, Rob Golfy and Lou Tellerico, sales representatives with Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today, 905-575-7700. You'll be calling Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. That number again, 905-575-7700. The website is robgolfy.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. If you have a question or a topic idea for a future show, email the Golfy team. Questions at robgolfy.com, and you can follow the Golfy team on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So a couple of uh, RICO enforcement decisions that we got to, the one that I referenced just before the break, uh, these two homeowners were looking to uh, tear down and rebuild this home next to a creek. The agent said, yeah, I'll look into it. It didn't really materialize, and now these homeowners have found out that they can't tear down or expand onto their home because of permitting requirements and restrictions pertaining to the creek. Uh, sounds like this agent did not do their homework. Well, the agent should have uh, put down a due diligence clause for the the, uh, the, the buyer to look into also. But, and then and the agent should have re- uh, gotten information by email or something from the, the city or the town so that they know that there can be things, anything backing onto the escarpment creeks, you know, anything like that. you got to be very, very careful. Like, like it, cause there's certain requirements, there's certain regulations and, and, and that should have been a red flag where all the houses across the street were all new, but not the ones backing onto the Creek. So there was probably obviously some restrictions there and the agent, uh, they, they asked the agent to look into it. He looked into it, but didn't get any information really just got verbal information. The one thing about real estate, do not get verbal information. Even if you call the city, you might get some person that's there part-time. Yeah, yeah, no problem. You can build anything you want. Don't worry about it. Because guess what? That person may not know what's going on. You better get facts and better get it on paper and you better get it on email. And that's the only way. So this agent made the mistake, uh, probably did a little bit of research, but not enough for the buyer. And now the buyer's going to be paying the price. Uh, and, and, and who knows if the buyer is going to, you know, if the buyer, if the buyer is going to sue their, his own agent, uh, in regards to this, but, uh, but yeah, so be careful people when, uh, when you're buying a house that backs onto any kind of uh, lake stream river easements as well. Easement. You gotta be careful. Yeah. Be careful. There's, I'll tell you sometimes, Hey, on the Hamilton mountain, there's a pipeline going through everybody's backyard and it's, a, it's, it's like a 15 foot easement. You can't put a pool in there. You, but you got it. You better know about that because, uh, like, you, you know, if you're buying this house and you're thinking you're going to put a pool in and you start, start digging and then you find out you got a 15 foot easement uh, pipeline going through your backyard, uh, that, that ruins your plans of building, uh, putting a pool in. So be very careful. In our second uh, scenario, an agent represented the sellers of a property. The agent seller clients accepted an offer from buyer A that was conditional on financing, home inspection, and appraisal. Before the conditions on the first offer were fulfilled or waived, the agent presented an offer from buyer B, a second offer, which was conditional on financing. The agent did not insert a clause making the second offer conditional of the failure of the first offer. The agent accepted the second offer, and when the conditions on the first offer were fulfilled, the agent's clients were at risk of being bound by agreements with two different offers. At the end of the day, the agent was uh, found, I guess, guilty of uh, violating a few sections of the Code of Ethics, was ordered to pay a $6,000 fine, and to complete the RICO Compliance and Ethics in Real Estate Part 1 course. Uh, This is an ouchie. 
Yes, and it, it actually happened to us. We originally had an offer on a property. One, one of our agents had an offer on a property. The agent didn't think we were going to firm up and sells it to somebody. Another agreement, a purchase and sale, on the, uh, in the last three, four hours before our, our time was up to firm up the deal. <laughs> so she literally sold this house to two people. So what happened was uh, we, firm, we firmed up, and then guess what? The other people firmed up. So now this agent has got a, a situation on their hands that uh, she sold to two different people. So now not only – so that house was tied up for over a year wow. regarding in courts and stuff like that. So now the seller couldn't move or couldn't sell the property because now it was under litigation between two buyers. And uh, so anyway, Rico, Rico uh, find uh, the, uh, the agent that had the listing, and I think there was a lawsuit made – uh, uh, probably against the, uh, the agent, uh, for, uh, you know, not doing her job, uh, correctly. And, uh, so, you know, you, you gotta be careful about this. Uh, agents sometimes, I don't know. And, and that was a veteran agent that, that sold it to two different people. She was a veteran agent. So, so I don't know what happened. I don't know. But anyway, and at the end of all that, the first offer, the first people that put the offer in ended up getting the house hmm. and the second people, well, they were they're out of luck, and uh, they you know they didn't get the house, and uh, they went through turmoil, and and uh, it caused a lot of uh, pain and suffering uh, in regards uh, mentally. Well, so, a- so you got to be very very careful when you're doing that. I just want to say one thing. I know we are short of time. Yeah, we have a lady from uh, uh, Hamilton, uh, Jackie. Uh, from uh, West Hamilton Mountain, we have a question, but we're gonna we gotta do that question next week, Jackie. Uh, we we don't we're running out of time. Um, anyway, Rick, what's uh, you're gonna end the show? What are you gonna say? Yes, I was gonna end the show by thanking <laughs> you both, uh, Rob and Lou. Some great insight, and uh, we have yeah, we're, we'll have a lot of leftover topics for next week because we just plum ran out of time. But hey, for the hottest listings in town online, the website is robgolfie.com, and call Hamilton and Burlington's number one Remax team in volume and unit sales. 905-575-7700. Thanks for listening to the Golfie Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.